0: Thank you so much. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the book of Exodus, chapter number 16. Exodus, chapter number 16. Verse number 11 is where we're going to start. We're going to move around a little bit uh, after this and look at another passage, but uh, we're going to start here in Exodus, chapter number 16. And again, um, you know, a graduation service like this, uh, some of the thoughts that, that I'm sharing I guess aren't uh, necessarily going to be uh, pointed at, at everyone, um, not to say there's not something we can always learn and, and glean from God's Word, um, but uh, it is kind of a graduation service, so it's kind of directed at uh, maybe others who have graduated, and, and Tim, as he's um, graduating tonight and as we're, we're kind of celebrating that tonight, and this thought that I'm going to look at, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of an open book, I'm honest, some, some preachers would tell you you should never start a sermon like this, and you know, it's, maybe they wouldn't, that's fine, but the thought that I'm going to look at tonight is not necessarily original to me, um, it's it's something it's a, it's a thought and a challenge that I heard when I was in high school and uh, it's also not kind of not the typical message that I feel like I would usually preach um, uh, for certain reasons. It, you know, I I don't think the story here is a perfect analogy of what I'm going to talk about. Uh, um, and I you know, there's I think it's it's kind of a secondary application. It's not the primary thrust of what these stories are about. But as I look back over the years and I remember when I was challenged with this thought. Um, it was one of the most impactful things. I mean, it was, it was one of the pivotal moments in my life that I can remember that set me on a course, uh, that, that guided me towards where uh, uh, God wanted me to go. And so I wanted to share that tonight. And um, uh, so anyways, Exodus chapter number 16, uh, verse number 11 says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled "...with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God." And it came to pass, that at even the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew lay round about the host, and when the dew dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, "'It is manna,' for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, "'This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat.'" This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every morning according to his eating. And Omer for every man. And he gives some instructions about how they're to gather it there. Um, Verse number 35 says, And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. Now if you would turn over, uh, and where we're going to be at for just a little bit is in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter number 5. And so we see... In the book of Exodus, how God uh, established this this manna that uh, He provided for them with, and it says that all of their wanderings in the wilderness, their entire 40 years of wanderings in the wilderness, it says that they ate of this manna. Um, in Joshua chapter number five and verse number ten, the Bible says, "And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month, even in the plains of Jericho, and they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow." after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day, and the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And so after, in the book of Joshua, as they've crossed uh, the river Jordan to come into this land that God has been preparing them for all along, that they came to and fell short of, because uh, they didn't have faith and they didn't trust in God. And now finally they've crossed over Jordan. They've come into this land that God has prepared for them. And the Bible says here uh, in verse number 12 that the manna ceased. And they did not eat manna anymore, but they ate the fruits of the land of Canaan. Father, I pray that you would guide my words tonight. Uh, though I've, I've prepared thoughts, I pray that you would just uh, speak through me and fill me with your spirit. and Help me to just... Uh, um, Lord, just preach what you would have me to say to be true to your word, um, to, to just correctly and accurately expound what, what your word says in this thought. And Lord, I pray for Tim as he looks forward, others uh, perhaps that, that may have graduated already or uh, uh, I'm not sure, but Lord, as they look forward at a life ahead of them, um, a life that is, is becoming their own, uh, they're stepping away from the the training ground that they've had lord i pray that you would guide their steps uh i pray that you would mold them i pray that you would uh, uh continually bring up the teaching and and the training that they've had over the years and i pray that you would guide them and and guide tim lord as as he looks forward at the life that you have for him and i pray again that you would just uh help me tonight lord fill me with your spirit help me to to step out of the way and to say what what you would have me to say and i ask this in your name amen the Bible says that the manna ceased after they, they entered into the land of Canaan. It wasn't that God wasn't providing for them anymore. It wasn't that God wasn't walking with them anymore. But the time of preparation was over. Um, all, through, all through their wanderings and all the way that God had led them through uh, the wilderness and all of these things, um, God had been preparing them for something. It was time for them to step into the land and begin this journey that God had been preparing them for all along. All of their wanderings through the Red Sea, through, through the wilderness, their stops at Mara, at, at Rephidim, at Sinai, at Kadesh Barnea, uh, the water out of the rock, the serpent on the pole, the skirmishes with the Amalekites, and their, their journey around Edom. It was all a training ground. It was all a preparation for the land that God was bringing them into to conquer. It was, it, I mean, God could have, you know, we've, if you've ever looked at a map, God could have taken them directly up to Canaan. I mean, it was like this little, you know, just, just through the wilderness and boom, you're there. But God didn't take them that way. He took them down and He took them to, to Mara and He took them to Sinai and He took them on these wanderings. Why? Because He had lessons for them, because He had preparation for them, because He had training for them. It was a training ground for the nation. this, this young nation of Israel. And so there comes a time when teenagers step out onto their own, God gives us this period of childhood and adolescence. and It's a, it's a training ground. And through our childhood and teen years, God gives us parents that, that do their best uh, to prepare us for the journey that's to come. They set rules for us. They set fences up to protect us. They do their best to teach us lessons along the way. Like God taught the, this young nation of Israel lessons along the way. They help us through battles and hardships and they guide us as we make mistakes and often everything that we need is kind of handed to us. They tell us where we can and can't go. They tell us what we can and can't do. Uh, through this time, we have youth pastors, we have mentors, we have teachers, we have other people that, uh, that help us along the way, that guide us. We have people pushing us to do the right things, to make the right choices. But there comes a time when the preparation period is over. And... and the the safety of this training ground is over the preparation time is over there 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 is a safety in the training there's a safety in the preparation as we we make mistakes and we work through things and our parents are there to to kind of uh often to kind of um uh, uh make up for our mistakes and and help us along the way to make sure those mistakes aren't uh as bad as they could be um and and as we're in this training ground it's it's a good time, but it's also kind of a bubble that we live in. And it's a little bit of a, a false reality that we live in. Um, and as we step out of that bubble, we're stepping out onto our own, and we're stepping into teenagers as they, move, as they graduate and as they move forward into their lives. Uh, they're, they're stepping into a place where there's not someone over their shoulder constantly telling them what to do, what decisions to make, and what they should and shouldn't do. <clears throat> we're stepping into a place as we move from that adolescence into adulthood, a place where we're going to make our own decisions about what we're going to do and what we're going to allow in our lives. And we're stepping into a realm where mistakes can be incredibly costly. And as we move from the training ground into this journey of life, uh, again, we make our own decisions about the things that we're going to value, the priorities that we're going to place into our lives, the things we're going to establish. We make our own decisions about the leadership that we're going to follow. And there's so many teenagers who, who and I, I love teenagers. I, I've, I've en- I enjoyed the time here that I was able to, to serve. I've always had a heart for teenagers because I, I think I just think about my own teenage years and I had so many mentors that helped me and I had so many decisions that I, uh, that I was rescued from because I, I almost messed things up so many times, but I had people that loved me and cared about me. And so I, I have a, a, it's kind of a, just in my heart, a love for teenagers, but there's so many teenagers who have grown up in church who have heard truth their whole lives, who have been raised by good parents, but who fall away because they never truly got a hold of God. They never had a faith that was truly theirs that they were rooted in. And when the children of Israel crossed over into Canaan, the Bible says that the manna ceased. Again, it wasn't that God was no longer going to provide for them. It wasn't that God was no longer going to meet their needs, but the preparation was over. And they crossed from the training ground into a land that, yes, was, it was flowing with milk and honey, but it was also full of work and it was full of responsibility and it was full of challenges. And so the question is, when you're on your own, when the training is over, when the preparation is done, when the manna has ceased, number one, will you be able to find manna in the morning? Will you be able to find manna in the morning? I love what one author said about this. Uh, they said hard work comes when the manna stops but so does deeper blessings sweeter experiences greater freedom and all the fruit of the land that we could possibly eat there's great significance in the day that the manna ceased cities would be conquered giants would fall and this amazingly fruitful land would be possessed in a lot of ways as kids and uh, well into our teenage years we often and I'm not saying this is where every teenager is at that's graduating or, or you know but a lot of times as kids and like I said, into our teenage years, we live off of our parents' faith as as Christians, but there comes a time when that preparation period is over, and we're launching out onto our own and man i I'll never forget the kind of crisis period that I went through when I came to that point in my life. I was about seventeen and and i just <clears throat> i I don't know if I heard a message about it I don't know if somebody mentioned it to me, but I just remember this this overwhelming heaviness coming over me that boy I've never had a real relationship with God I I mean yeah you know like any good kid I tried to do my best I tried to listen to my parents I memorized verses I went to VBS I did all the church stuff Um, but I had no experiences that I could look to and say boy this was my moment with God and this was this was my prayers that were answered and this was This was my faith, and this is my relationship with God. No, it was, yeah, boy, my my parents serve God, and I just, I'm kind of, you know, I've kind of latched on to that. And I remember just coming to this place where I'm like, that's not going to be enough. I I can't do that forever. It's not going to make it. And I went through this very deep soul searching, and I just remember seeking God and saying, God, you have got to show yourself real to me. Because I know life is coming and I know life is ahead of me. You've got to help me. I just remember feeling lost and alone. And I remember not really knowing what I, what I believe. And, uh, you know, I think that that's another thing, again, that I have a heart for teenagers because I think all of them come to that point. Christian teenagers that grow up in church and in a Christian home, they come to a point where they say, well, this is what my parents believe. Now what do I believe? What am I going to do with my life? how am I going to establish my relationship with God? What do I believe? What kind of standards am I going to set up? What kind of uh, theology am I, am I going to adopt? And when I came to that point in my life, I mean, I was just searching. And I, I remember questioning things that I thought, you know, because I grew up in a Christian home, I was like, this is blasphemous. Like, God's going God's to gonna stomp on me because I'm asking, are you even real? And I remember asking, I was just like, God, are you... Do you even exist? I mean, are you real? I, I don't know. I, this, this is what my parents believe. But what about me? What about my faith? And, and so again, I started searching. And what I did was I got in God's word. And I started finding manna in the morning. I remember just saying, God, you've got to show yourself real to me. And so I just started reading and I would read chapters and I would read 10, 20 chapters, books at a time. And I'd say, God, I've got to know you. You've got to show yourself to me if you're real. And I've got to adopt this faith and I've got to make it mine. And I'll never forget just the way God started working in my life during that time. And it was, it was during that time that I heard a challenge similar to this about this thought about the manna that ceases I said, God, my parents have these truths that that You've etched into their hearts. They have this relationship with You. They, they, They have things that they've studied and they've learned. They have these moments where they've seen You provide. They have these experiences. They have these prayers that have been answered. And again, I'm not trying to say that 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 Tim or anybody else that has, has graduated, that they don't have a relationship with God, I'm just simply asking this question. When the manna has ceased, when the preparation is over, will you be able to find bread in the morning? Will you get alone with God and seek His face? Will you have your own walk with God? Can you get the manna on your own? Will you be able to study God's Word and find truth and set up parameters in your own life and make decisions that are based on God's Word? Will you be able to find sustenance in this book that will, will help you and keep you from drifting into the world? You can't live off of someone else's Christianity. At some point in your life, you have to stand alone in your relationship with God and in the manner that you're finding daily in God's Word. I've got to tell you, I, I, I'm not, uh, not at all a perfect example of this, but I can tell you one thing. Uh, my Christian life in many ways has ebbed and flowed with how well I'm finding manna in the morning. And when I say manna, I'm talking about this book. And so the first question is, will you be able to find manna in the morning? Turn, turn back over to the book of Exodus, chapter number 13. Exodus, chapter number 13. <clears throat> I can think of so many teenagers that I know. Young adults, that is, not teenagers anymore. Um, And and I'm 26 years old. I don't have a lot of life experience. Um, But I can think of so many who who grew up in an environment just like this, who grew up with good parents, who, who grew up learning the truths of God's Word, but they never learned how to find manna for themselves in the morning. And now they've fallen away. They've fallen into, a friend of mine just posted today about how horrible his parents are because they won't accept his homosexual relationship. Uh, you know, I, I mean, people I went to college with. It's got to be ours. It's got to, it, we won't last. <clears throat> we'll fall away, and so many kids have because of their relationship. Exodus chapter 13, sorry, we've got to move on. Exodus 13, verse number 20. <clears throat> says they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in uh, Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Turn over to, to Exodus chapter 40. Exodus chapter 40. <clears throat> verse number 34 the very end of this chapter of the book of exodus says that a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the lord filled the tabernacle and moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the lord filled the tabernacle and when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle the children of israel went onward in all their journeys but if the cloud were not taken up then they, they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up for the cloud of the lord was upon the tabernacle by day and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys the second question is this now the Bible doesn't give us a specific verse like with the manna uh, where it says that the pillar of cloud and fire ceased um, but it seems very likely that it was about the same time that when they entered into the land of Canaan uh, um, there was no longer this pillar of cloud that was giving them shade by day and and this fire by night that was was giving them warmth and light and uh, they they again they moved from a preparation ground into the journey, uh, into the, the, the conquering, into the land that God had for them. And so before, as this pillar of cloud had journeyed with them, wherever they went as they wandered through the wilderness, uh, after they enter into the land of Canaan, we don't see it mentioned anymore. It seems that just as the manna ceased, the pillar of cloud ceased as well. And so again, the second question is this. Will you be able to take the heat of the day? Will you be able to take the heat of the day? The cloud is not going to be there forever. That cloud of of safety, that cloud uh, that shaded from the elements that sheltered them from the desert heat and and moved with them and gave them a sense of protection, it wasn't meant to be there forever. And and again, just because we don't see the cloud when they enter Canaan doesn't mean that God is no longer sheltering them or, or protecting them. Um, but they had moved on from the training ground. They had stepped out of the bubble of preparation time and they were moving forward to a new level, to a new journey, to a new set of challenges and difficulties. And what the entire time of preparation had been about, what the, the pillar of cloud in some ways at least had been about, was learning to trust in God's shelter and God's protection. It's like when you're you're teaching your kids how to swim, you know, when you're, and, you know, obviously I haven't taught Tommy how to swim yet, but I kind of remember when my dad was teaching me how to swim, and, um, you know, when you're first preparing them, and you're first uh, trying to teach them, boy, you're right there over them, you know, and you let them go a little bit, and they, or, I mean, maybe you're not, I mean, I, I have friends that just toss their kids in the pool and say, well, good luck, hope you can, you know, make it out of there, and, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, most of us, at least, we, we stand right there over our kids, and we let them Try to, try to swim a little bit and splash around and try to learn that doggy paddle and, and just keep themselves afloat. And, but we're right there watching over them and we're, we're kind of sheltering over them because it's a preparation time. It's a learning time. It's a training time. We're ready to scoop them up when they get scared. And, and in that process, uh, your kids, they learn to trust you. They learn to trust that you're there, that you're going to be there for them if something goes wrong, that you're going you're gonna to keep them from drowning. And as they get more confident, they start swimming on their own. It doesn't mean that you're not still watching them. It doesn't mean that even though you're there suntanning on the chair over there, that if they start drowning, boy, you're going to jump in, cell phone, keys, wallet in pocket. It doesn't matter. You're going to be there for them if anything goes wrong. But you're not standing right over top of them anymore because they've learned to trust in your ability to watch over them. So as the children of Israel enter into Canaan, yes, God was still right there. God was still sheltering them. He was watching over them. But they were learning to take on the challenges and rely on Him in the midst of the heat of the day. And it wasn't easy. There were giants. There were temptations. There were mountains and strongholds. There were times that would be incredibly difficult as they faced the elements. And and as as teenagers move out of the, the training period, move out of adolescence, into adulthood there are temptations that will come there are mountains that will have to be climbed there's giants that will have to be fought there are hard times that will come the heat of the day will shine down on you in full force oftentimes and so again when the hard times come when the heat of the day comes will you be able to take the heat i realize that again i'm 26 years old i'm speaking from a very limited uh, amount of life experience Um, but life isn't easy (laughs) Life is a lot of work. Life is a lot of responsibility. Life is a lot of challenges uh, uh, and hard decisions. And there are trials that will bring the heat of the day and the elements searing down onto you. Pastor Yoder, boy, he knows that as well as anyone. I know that. I've been close to him through through a lot of trials that he has been through. The heat of the day comes, and so when the training is over, When the hard times come, when we've moved out of that bubble of protection, when we've moved into real life, will you be able to take the heat? Are you ready? Because life's about to hit hard. It is. And if you're not clinging to Jesus, you're not going to make it. Number three. Number three. We see that there was a a pillar of cloud during the day and that there was a, a pillar of fire at night. The third question is this. Will you be able to find your own fire? Will you be able to find your own fire? The fire that gave them light in the darkness that gave them heat from the cold, we see no mention of it as they begin to conquer the land of Canaan. But again, just because the fire isn't there doesn't mean that God is not. Are you prepared for the darkness? Will you have the character to get through the dark times of life? Because dark times are coming. I was reading a book about youth ministry the other day and I read this story from the author. He said my passion for sharing the gospel climaxed in a children's hospital resuscitation room on November November 11, 2013. On that morning, my wife called me in utter panic to share the horror that our three-year-old son, Cam, had stopped breathing and had no pulse when she checked on him in his bed that morning. I raced from a youth camp out to a children's hospital in time for the doctors to tell us that they had exhausted all efforts. Our baby boy was dead. As we went to the resuscitation room to see our son for the last time, my wife Lauren and I recalled our conversation with Cam the previous afternoon. Cam told us that he wanted to to go and visit Jesus, and he suggested that we hop in the car. We explained to Cam that Jesus was now uh, with us in the Holy Spirit and that we would see Jesus face to face when God called us to heaven. And he, with a supernatural focus in his eyes, then asked, well, I see Adam and Eve in heaven. Lauren and I discussed and told Cam that indeed God appeared to forgive Adam Adam and Eve's sin in Genesis 3. Cam replied, I'm not going to eat that apple. I not eat from that tree. I told Cam that everyone eats from that tree and disobeys God. That's why Jesus came. Cam ended this conversation by saying Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died my sins. The next morning, Cam passed into God's kingdom. A couple years ago, very dear friends of mine, people that i'm talking about when i talk about mentors in my life uh matt and kim hill eight kids in the car they're driving to to serve god at a at a day camp at uh at the ripley baptist temple in ripley west virginia going to church they hit a patch of of water on the road lost control uh going 75 80 miles an hour around the curve and um, Mr. Hill didn't have his seatbelt on was thrown out of the car and uh, w- was pinned underneath the car the, the kids, everybody else had seatbelts on and they were okay but the kids had to, to step over him as they got out of the car and his wife uh, mentioned to me later that, that she, she knelt down by him and was, was trying to pull him out she said I just couldn't get my baby out hard times, dark times hit I went to the hospital and Doctors told them, the kids, that Mr. Hill didn't make it. Very dear friend of mine. And I got to tell you, watching Mrs. Hill in her life and, and raise those kids, what got her through was that she could find her own fire. She had a relationship with God, she had the character and the determination to get through the dark times. A shallow faith is not going to make it through dark times like that. A borrowed faith from parents and from mentors is not going to make it through dark times like that. A casual Christianity is not going to make it in times like that. So when the dark times come, will you be able to find your own fire? Dark times are coming in the world around us, that's for sure. Will you be able to find your own fire when the world seems like nothing but darkness? Will you be able to find your own way in the darkness? You've got to be able to find a passion apart from everyone else always pushing you to do the right things. You have to look to Jesus, the light of the world, to guide your steps as you move forward. Again, I don't, I don't speak from near as much life experience on this as others could, but I just know how much this, this, this thought of the manna ceasing challenged me when I was 17 or 18 years old. When the children of Israel crossed into Canaan, the Bible says that the manna ceased and, and the real work began. The real life began. The, the real responsibility fell onto their shoulders. And for those that have graduated, like Tim, that are moving forward, the training time is about over. Real life is about to start. Ahead, there's a world of decisions, challenges, mistakes that can be made, trials that will be faced. So I'm very simply asking, are you ready? Are you ready for that? There's so many who fall away because that faith was never truly theirs. They never got a hold of God. So what about you? Will you be able to find manna in the morning? Will you be able to take the heat of the day? Will you be able to find your own fire? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Pastor.